Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We are so blessed that you're joining us. You know, you might be shocked to learn that estrangement affects over half of the families in the United States today. Social media and today's prevalent messages of you deserve better and and eliminate all toxicity from your lives has basically created disposable family relationships. It has become a perfect storm that will affect generations of families now and into the future. And because of the self-centeredness of society's culture today, we tend to cut off anything and anyone who gives us any sort of perceived negativity. And for some, that even includes family. Today's guest, Dave Cole, has lived that life and felt the heartbreak of being estranged from his first grandson. It affected him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. To help him cope, he started to journal his feelings. This resulted in a compilation of letters to his grandson that have now been captured into a book titled Letters to William, The Journey of Healing Through the Pain of Estrangement, which we'll be discussing today. Help me welcome to the program, Dave Cole. Dave, thank you for joining us today. I do appreciate your time, and I have been looking forward to our interview today. Thank you, Pastor Robert. I'm just as excited about having this privilege to share with you and with all the listeners uh, who may be potentially in a very similar situation. Amen. Amen. Now, the first question I start with, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Dave Cole? Well, I would I would say, by definition, I'm one of the luckiest men in the world. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Cindy. We've got seven total children, which I refer to as adult hobos. Uh, <laughs> they've uh, they've all are old enough to uh, be on their own. And I always laugh because when I call them hobos, uh, people are saying, why do you call them hobos? And I say, well, if they can own their own house, own their own couch, but still want to spend time on mine, you're now a technical family hobo. And so... Uh, I, I am to be just all kidding aside. Uh, I'm on the journey, just like all, just like everyone else. Yeah. I'm on a journey, self discovery, trying to make a better day tomorrow than I was the day before. And uh, uh, it's a privilege to be able to share what uh, the steps I've taken, and also hear potentially uh, downstream how others are are journeying on their journey of faith and and healing and and becoming more aware of the of the the possibilities. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now let's back up to more or less the beginning because this all started with your first wife becoming pregnant and you before marriage and you wanting to do the honorable thing and getting married. Correct. I did. And this goes all the way back, uh, uh, back in 1987. Uh, my wife and I at the time were very, very young and she ended up getting uh, pregnant. And I looked at her and said, well, it looks like we're getting married. And 
it's one of those uh, moments I capture in the book of I, I doubt that she was a child waking up, you know, as a young girl saying, I can't wait for this wonderful proposal in my life. And here I am sitting in a driveway in Marshalltown, Iowa in the evening saying, well, looks like we're getting married. And that was a, a, a precursor, a predicate uh, to a place to where we, we really, from, a, from youth and inexperience, but also uh, to be very honest and what I captured in the book as well is uh, we, were, we were just not good together. And those compounding failures and, and, and just not being a, as, as best as we could models, uh, I believe, created an environment that also was a compounding effect to the what would happen 20 years later. Mm, yeah, amen. You know, starting off so young like that, like we, before recording, you heard me talk about my background a little bit, you know, 19 years old, married and two kids. I mean, you talk about having to take responsibility quick, you know, right. And, uh, but in addition to, you know, starting off young, the, your, the birth of your first child was traumatic as you detail in your book, but that wasn't the only child that you had pregnancy problems with, was it? Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, no, we, you know, my dad would always say, uh, uh, you play the cards that God deals you, but Amen. he always he always would tell me, but I just wish he would shuffle once in a while. <laughs> and in our I, case, I always I said that, but I always said I wish he'd take the jokers out. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. But in in our case, in our in my first marriage, uh, we we were we were always very much moving from one status quo of chaos into another, and it was a it always was a perfect storm, and we ended up. Uh, my first child was a very traumatic birth. Our first one, we were we were just very uncomfortable parents. Uh, or I should say, un- husband and wife. At, and then the child comes in. Our second child uh, was born with cerebral palsy and some really significant, uh, uh, call it extensions with epilepsy. Uh, our daughter Allison, uh, when we first found out. Uh, uh, my wife at the time would she woke up in the middle of the morning and said, "Hey, something's wrong with the baby," and she was just sure something was wrong. And uh, we went to the doctor. We got in and started doing the ultrasound, and sure enough, they find a grade four hemorrhage. She had she had stroked. Uh, they thought the cord had wrapped around her neck, and it uh, literally stroked her. And we were at the time doing preparations for funerals and doing preparations for all that on top of all the stress of our marriage, and. So that that really compounded things. And then as well as just to keep this birth metaphor going, our our third born uh, actually was born with the same problem. We didn't realize wow. he had he had the cord wrapped around his head, his neck and was was born without a heartbeat, without with, mm-hmm. wasn't breathing. And we had to do some uh, intervention at the end. So, yeah, our our existence from marriage into mm. it's one of those strategy meets reality. And yeah. as much as we attempted to find a comfort zone or a status quo, there was always this constancy of, of pressure. And, uh, and to be very honest, it, it was so hard for us to, to reconcile that at times. And we, we turned inward and on onto each other versus working with as other relationships uh, should do. So, that was one of those early, early foundational uh, steps that I truly believe was compounding uh, interest on top of all the problems we uh, ended up facing downstream. 
Wow. Wow. So how did you become estranged from your family? You know, at, I'll use the word compounding again. Uh, once we unleash the, the divorce, uh, my children at the time were, were early in their teens, uh, mid-teens, and it, it was really difficult. And then what happened was one, once uh, as parents we were unleashed from, call it our home, it, we became almost uh, military like Pastor Robert on our ability to try to manipulate the other. And we, we lost our way looking back on it with how we should have been treating our, our relationship because we were unaware, sometimes consciously or unconsciously, the impacts it was having on the children because they're trying to reconcile the divorce. And then what happened is uh, pretty soon it was, well, I need, to, uh, I need to find a simpler answer than, well, it's a bunch of issues that my mom and dad had. They were, they were looking and they needed a place to where they could say, well, whose fault was it? And over time, it became my fault. Mm. And the more I tried to emotion and fact fight, so I was trying to fight with facts. My children would fight with emotion. And the more I found that I wanted to win, the more distance I was putting in between us. And so it, it became really difficult. And my, we would go into these long periods of timeouts where they would say, I'm not going to talk to you for a while. I know you're fighting with mom. I'm, I'm on her side. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm just going to distance. And over time, it just started to becoming these gaps became longer and longer. And then to the where we are uh, with the book, it was a warm summer morning where my middle daughter, Allison, said, Dad, you're never going to meet your grandson. My oldest daughter was pregnant at the time. She goes, she's so mad at you. She's not going to let you meet. And I was like, oh, it's not. Oh, come on. That'll never happen. And for me, I come from a big uh, Catholic family full of the guilt that goes along with that and full of all of this. And I was like, oh, it'll never happen. We'll reconcile. We'll get it fixed. And my first grandson was born. And it was that first reality to where I realized this may be something significant. This is going to be a problem. I, what am I going to do? How do I how do I deal with this? And how, all these situations where you know you you set up these these steps in your life and milestones. Oh, I'm going to celebrate the first, the birth of my first grandson. I ended up not being able to tell anybody out of guilt and shame that uh, I. Who could ever not see their grandson? What did you do? How, why, what caused this? And to not have an answer to that other than we just created such a bad environment that this was her only recourse to where she said, I'm just going to punish you back. And now I sat there trying to fight it. And the more I fought it, the more I realized that this internal emotion, uh, was very bad. I re- yeah. I was go- it was taking me to dark places and I knew I had to find an outlet. So I grabbed my pen mm. and I grabbed a piece of paper and I started writing letters to, to him, to my grandson. His name is William. Mm. And I started very mundane in the beginning, almost a cathartic release of self to spirit, simple things. And the more I wrote, the more I found solace 
And the more I found opportunity, and I never expected this to go on for a week, two weeks, a month. I thought we would get back together and it would be a nothing. But it ended up moving from months to years. Did Did you try to reconcile at all during this time? Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. And they never knew, or I, I never let out that I was writing letters, but it, we were always in this sort of superficial dialogue of, oh, I saw a picture online. I would love to see him. Can, when can we see him? And she said, no, dad, it's not happening. No, dad. And, and so the more it would almost became, the more I attempted, the more hardened she became. Oh, wow. So when you started to write these letters, it became your form of therapy then. For sure. For sure. It was I, I it was a cathartic release, but it was also an awareness early that I I knew I couldn't let this feeling consume me because I knew it was it was it was so painful to me. Mm-hmm. And I but at the same time, counterintuitively, I knew I had to let it live. And in order to to let it live, I found myself that living, as long as I didn't let it eat and grow, I, it was okay. But if I let it live, I found that the where the Holy Spirit would come to me almost and say, let's, let's figure out why and let's figure out more. And so I turned it from initially blame and, and why me to what if? And I think this is the magic moment to where for me and potentially others to where Instead of using the, the, the stipulations of apology enough and not apology, I always say estrangement is a cruel banker. It will never balance. It's like a, it's like a, a loan shark that keeps adding interest. And the devil wants us always to be not enough. Yeah. And yeah. what I started to realize is the more I wrote, the more the possibility of, well, maybe, maybe I, I wasn't as good as I wanted, thought I was. Maybe I, maybe me and her, her mother weren't the best examples. And the more that, that allowed further healing and self-awareness to come in, and it allowed me as a, a human being to start saying, wait a minute, instead of pointing fingers, maybe I should point a few back at me. And, and to be open to the possibility that uh, maybe her pain is real. And instead of fighting with facts, maybe I could, I could find common ground. And these letters started to really become to my grandson, a testimonial of awareness and writing to him in a way that then started to allow that possibility to be there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. When did you decide to put them all together into book form? That's such a great question. I get asked this a lot and uh, all of these letters would sit in a box and uh, for years, at hundreds and thousands of, of letters sitting in this, this compilation of handwritten letters. And I would walk by these in my office. I would move them from one position to the other. And every time I moved them, I, I heard them. Mm. And I, 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 there's no other way to explain it than the Holy Spirit was saying to me, come back to these come back to these. And as I started to listen and discern, I started to open up 
to friends and even a few uh, family members to say, hey, I've been writing letters and I know I've never told you this. And what, what became apparent, Robert, was so many people were telling me, I have a similar problem. I, I'm estranged from my dad or I, I haven't talked to my brother. And pretty soon this, this calling, this, this pulling, and I wasn't wanting to because I did not want to open up this to anyone because I was embarrassed and shamed. But what I started in my prayers asking about was, is there a place for my authentic journey to be able to be a place for someone else's entrance to theirs? Can they see themselves in this process? And this isn't a book of how to and five steps to eliminate estrangement. This is, this is an authentic, true, non-vitriol-based awareness to, you know what, if you leave your door open to the possibilities and allow a prayer to find your heart, it has to start first with you. Mm. And then that then opens the door to the possibility of there. So uh, when I started to think, maybe I could pull these letters together, out of nowhere, uh, a friend of mine said, hey, you, I'm, in, I'm in, for my professional life, I, I, I run businesses, and I'm not an author, I'm not an expert on estrangement, although I am in my real life. <laughs> uh, I, somebody said, hey, you should write a book on uh, uh, business. You'd be really great at it. And I said, no, there's enough of those in the world. I go, but what if I asked you this question and that ask opened the door to a publisher who said, no one has done this. There's so much estrangement in the Amen. world. And how can we, how can I be at one voice mm. in a world of darkness that says, can we open the door to someone else? Amen. And, and can the, like I've, I've said to you, Pastor, earlier, I wrote the book, not for everyone. I pulled this book, not for everyone, but I pulled this book together for someone. Yeah. And someone is listening. Someone is out there saying, I just need to have a little bit of hope and a little bit of belief and a little bit more faith. And I promise you, when you read this book, you will, you will see that there is a door for you. There is an opportunity. If we just drop our stipulations, if we drop our requirements and say, what if, mm -hmm. what if I just text him today? What if I just call today and allow the Holy Spirit to do what it does? Amen. Amen. Why publish this book now at this time? It's, it's another great question uh, because it has really been difficult for family because it, it's opening the, everything back up, right? What was somewhat processed and, and put to bed is now opening those feelings back up, even for my daughter mm. uh, in this process. And so there has been uncomfortableness. And what I have come to feel and what I feel from a, a prayer feedback loop is if this possibility, if I have to endure a little bit, to find relevance for someone else, it's worth it. It's worth it. And so I, I kept thinking to myself, oh, I'll do it next year, or maybe I'll pull it together. And then I started realizing so many people are sitting in darkness. I felt alone every day in guilt and shame. I, I, and I always felt alone on the stage, but 
what this book has demonstrated to me is when you turn the house lights up in the, in the auditorium, it's standing room only with people saying, I feel lost. I feel guilty. I feel, I feel alone. And the Holy Spirit, once you turn the light on, it's, it's, it becomes, to my, my version of truth, it becomes apparent that there's possible. And once that's there, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced uh, that I couldn't wait another day. We, that there's, there's too many out there, and the devil's winning too many times. Yeah. And Amen. let's fight. Let's fight back. Let's, and you said it in the opening. There's just too much toxicity. Everybody is yeah. saying, get rid, get rid of the relationship. Detoxify your life. We don't, we don't need uh, negative people in your life. But that doesn't come with family. And sure, there are situations where abuse, those are, I get those. Yeah. But but for for a missed apology or for, you know, oh, they like this politician or don't like this. I'm excising you from my life. Yeah. No, I I use this, Pastor Robert, this metaphor a lot is family is that comforter that sits on the back of the couch. That's it's been there for years, if not decades. It's old. It's ragged. And you don't use it as much as you should. But when you're cold and when you're shivering you can l- l- turn around and grab that comforter and put it around you. And it's the best thing in the world. Amen. And that's Amen. to me, family. And that's yeah. to me, it's not perfect. And we set up these connotations of it has to be perfect. No family just needs to be relevant to you. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with your family member, or your friend has to be yours, not someone else's idea. And if you don't talk to your parent, two or three times a year, that may be your relationship. Yeah. But to say it isn't perfect, I don't think that's true. I think it's yours. And whatever yours is, is where you can be comfortable in. Amen. Has has this experience allowed you to be reconciled to the family and spend time with your grandson? It sure has. And uh, at the end of the book, I talk about the day of reconciliation where we found each other. uh, And that it was such an amazing day. And it just so happened to be on April 19th, 2019 is when I met my first grandson after two and a half years mm. of not feeling him physically. Yeah. And that day just happened to be Good Friday. Amen. And I got a text that said, if you want to meet your grandson, he's here. And I went and met him and we hugged and we spent time. And the, the most amazing piece of that whole experience was my grandson didn't look at me and say, Grandpa, I'm so sad I lost two and a half years. He looked at me that day saying, I couldn't be happier for today. Amen. And it wasn't something that I felt loss over. It felt, I felt full. And so uh, I explained that in letters and I write to, I write to William in the letters and I refer to myself in the letter in the, because as grandpa champ, and this comes from a way back when where a friend of mine, we were, we didn't have grandkids and I don't even know if we were married at the time, but we were talking saying, you know, if I ever have grandkids, I want to have a special grand, grand, grandparent name. Some are Papa and Nana and all that. I said, you know what? And he said, I want to be called champ. And I go, oh, I love that. (laughs) I go, and he goes, all right, whoever has the first grandson gets to use it first. (laughs) And it's been so remarkable that I'm, I refer to, I always say, I want to be grandpa champ because when they come to, 
be with us and they're coming to my place or we're visiting, it's, oh, I'm going to Champ's house. I want to go to Grandpa Champ's and to make it something special, to make it something unique. So uh, the reader will say, oh, he's uh, in my world. I'm Grandpa Champ. And I love to hear that's one of the most precious things is when he says, Grandpa Champ, can we do Grandpa Champ? Uh, It's just awesome. Amen. That's awesome. What advice would you give someone who's going through a similar situation that you've come through? You know, and uh, I say this in my letters to my grandson is uh, advice is always interesting. And it's and you got to be careful with advice because it's always free. And it's usually free because sometimes there's not a lot of value. But what I try to tell people is and is don't don't feel alone. The only vaccine for estrangement is prayer. It, the more I prayed, the more I, I realized that I was improving my odds because I believe a prayer will always find its intended destination. And even though you're being told by others and the devil that it'll never happen and you're bad and you're not good, that's not true. You, you can find reconciliation. And I, I was just as strength built. I built strength in my reconciliation with my faith estrangement just as much as I did through this process with my grandson Amen. is Amen. because there's days when I have walked away from God. And there's days when I walked away from faith, whether intended or unintended, and not realizing my behavior. And so this whole process is is heart, mind, body, spirit. You're not alone in this process. The vaccine is prayer. And I, I can promise you that if you're open to the possibilities, the prayer will find its intended destination. And reconciliation is viable. Drop your stipulations and just be open to the possibility of maybe today. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Dave, this has been so interesting. How can someone receive a copy of your book, Letters to William, The Journey of Healing Through the Pain of Estrangement? Is it available on Amazon? Yeah, it's available everywhere books are sold. Uh, It's weird for me to say that. Like, look at me, you know, uh, there's a, we've got a book out there. Uh, but it's been it's been well received. If you get it on Amazon ebook, you know the whole uh, whatever your choice of uh, modality you want to 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 read it. But it is available. Uh, it, without throughout the book, I'll say this: there are pieces that I have what's called champs challenges embedded within it, and it's it's got some uh, challenges that I I was facing, and I want the readers uh, to uh, in in kind of become part of those as well. And I also am open to the next step. If I, I put a lot of uh, uh, connections to where if they want to tell their story, we'd love to hear it back. Amen. And so how can we build this? How can we build a community of opportunity? And yeah. that we can, we can bring the Holy Spirit to these solutions and we can uh, become open to those possibilities. So that's where I'm excited. And I'm so appreciative of your time and the listeners time to hear this version. Amen. If if someone wanted to reach out to you to to ask a question or maybe even do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can they get in contact with you? They can get in contact with me uh, through our social media sites uh, of uh, david.cole26 at gmail.com. They also have within the back of the books and within the bios on the 
within the uh, on the online social networks on Amazon or any of those. All of our contact information, social media sites are available. Uh, and I would love to uh, hear their stories and in, do anything I can, because uh, that's where I'm at, Pastor Robert, is if I can... If I can open up the door to a possibility for someone's relationship to find healing, uh, I stand ready to do it. Amen. Amen. I'll put links to all this down in the show notes below. Folks, this isn't a pleasant topic to discuss. I know my grandson and I are extremely close, and I also know how heartbroken I would be if I was unable to even know him. I mean, I also know there are some of you listening to us right now that are going through the same thing that Dave Cole has gone through. And I also know there's someone listening right now that knows somebody who's going through these things. Drop down in the show notes, order Dave Cole's book, Letters to William, The Journey of Healing Through the Pain of Estrangement. This book will give you hope. This book will answer some of the questions about what you're going through. This book is a must read for faith-based counselors and organizations looking for a, a non-traditional solution to inspire people dealing with estrangement situations. This book is not a how-to guide, but is really a shared experience of encouragement and hope that may lead you to discover your own personal revelations. I urge you to drop down in the show notes right now, click and order your copy today. Dave, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the program and, and share with us today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor Robert, and thank you to all of the listeners. And be blessed. And um, as you say to me, be blessed. And I, I feel so blessed to be a part of your show. Amen. I appreciate your time. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Dave Cole and myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org.
Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.